cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Bonjour, salam, and welcome to the Fashion Lab. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Liz Ogumba, registered your host, and on today's show, we are talking fashion photography. Now, we all know that fashion photography is just a general photography purely devoted to everything and anything fashion. And uh, I would like to just take you down memory lane, just a little quick history brush around uh, the fashion photography and where it all began. Now, fashion photography has been in existence since the earliest days of photography. 1856, uh, Adolf Brown published a book containing 288 photographs of Virginia Oldini, Countess di Castiglione. And uh, this Tucson noblewoman at her court of Napoleon III, uh, these photos obviously depict her in her official court garb, making her the first fashion model ever, okay? So now moving on to the first decade of the 20th century, uh, there are advances in halftone printing, which allowed fashion photographs to be featured in magazines, and fashion photographer then made its way and first appearance into French magazines such as La Mode Pratique. Now in 1909, Condé Nast took over Vogue, and also contributed to the beginnings of fashion photography. In 1911, photographer Edward Station was dared by Lucien, Lucien Vogel, the publisher of Jardin des Modes and La Gazette du Bon Ton, to promote fashion as a fine art by the use of photography. Then Station then took photos of gowns designed by couturier Paul Poiret, and these photographs were then published in the April 1911 issue of magazine Art et Décoration. Then according to Jay-Z Alexander, this is now considered to be one of the first ever modern fashion photography shoots. So that is photographing the garments in a way uh, kind of to convey a sense of their physical quality as well as their formal appearance as opposed to just simply illustrating the object. Now moving on to the 1920s and 30s, Vogue was then followed by its rival Harper's Bazaar and the two companies were leaders in the field of fashion photography throughout the 1920s and 30s. You've got house photographers such as Edward Station. You've got George uh, Hoyningen Hewen. Excuse me if I murder that name. And then you've got Cecile and a couple of other um, photographers who really uh, transformed the genre into what we now call a really outstanding art form. Um, now, today, obviously, we have photographers from all over the world who are really capturing the essence um, of this beautiful industry with so much diversity based on each photographer's lens. And I think... It's amazing to see the countless numbers of photographers just banging out these things left, right, center. I can't get enough. You don't know which one you want. We're just literally about to get on the highway and say, you know what, let's just flag anything and everyone down and get a piece of their work. Now, as we get into this interesting topic uh, that almost everyone can relate to, whether you're a fashion lover just browsing through Vogue or whether you're going through your favorite blog or you could also just be you know, a brand getting ready to shoot your autumn, winter or summer, spring 2017, 18 collection, or it could be one of just your, you fabulous fabsters. I don't know, just trying to get your shoot on. So we can all relate to fashion photography. And that's why I think the topic was so much more diverse, but we will still hone in and really get on deep. Now, before I introduce our special guest today, we are joined by Morag Stein, who is our internationally accredited beauty consultant slash makeup artist. She will be glamming up uh, the show with her glam up for a dose of makeup and beauty tips. Welcome to the show, Morag. Thank you so much, Liz. And you look, uh, you know, like I said, she, I saw Morag, I looked at her and I thought, wow, she looks so dark, but... 
Uh, what are you wearing and what's inspiring the look? Let's talk about that. You know what, Liz? Um, as you know, I'm, I'm just simple and easy. Um, and especially after the week I've had, I really, you know, heels are not going to be my thing today. So I've kept it really simple. Um, a beautiful violet, like a chiffon top with just a wrap skirt and some flats on. Um, and the reason why you were thinking I'm looking darker is thanks to myself. I did a home DIY hair color on Monday evening and my hair is darker. Um, it's very close to my natural color. So I'm loving it. Being just you know free and all around yeah i was thinking it's the african sun that's burning you because it is hot and blazing out it is. here and what are you wearing your top i mean what? and then you actually say to me it's a well it's a I dress know, she keeps calling it a top guys we're it gonna looks tweet, amazing we're gonna tweet this beautiful piece i'm wearing but this is a very simple uh piece from one of my recyclable um collections and we are actually pushing this into the space. I'm going to tweet this because every woman who loves style will definitely want to chew on this. We're going to be stocking in the space uh, about t- five stores. So keep your eyes open or log on to lizagumba.com actually to just kind of see where I'm going with my journey. But this is a beautiful, simple dress. I thought it was Thursday. It was Fashion Lab Day. I thought what better way to have our rendezvous wearing this beautiful, simple piece. So it's a floral piece on the bottom, a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a sort of mesh-ish, uh, lacy feel on the top with some embroidery. And uh, it's just me. It's just uh, the essence of my simplicity when I'm feeling good and nice. Now, we are also joined uh, by our New York contributor, ben- Edgy Benson, with his Echoes from New York. Edgy runs NU New York, a fashion services company based in New York, uh, which specializes in sourcing services to fashion designers and fashion houses across the world. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Hi Liz, thank you. How are you? Fine, thank you. You came with the sunshine. <laughs> You've got so much energy, it's beautiful. What are you wearing today, Edgy? Well, it's four degrees in New York, so I'm having a big Bermonte sweater on. Uh huh. <laughs> it's very Is that cold. all? Okay. <laughs> just uh-huh. just the sweater? <laughs> Morag is curious, is there anything so- beneath <laughs> the sweater? <laughs> Or below? <laughs> yeah, I think there is something below. <laughs> Would you like to wow. share it, or do we keep it? Um, do we keep it uh, discreet today? Uh, I, I know you'll be tired when I say I'm wearing jeans. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Edgy. Creatively, what are, what are you wearing below? Creatively. Below, creatively. I'm wearing a pair of jeans and loafers. Okay, Edgy, thank you very much, but thank you for joining us again today. We love to uh, get uh, some feedback from you and get your echoes uh, around our different subject matters. Um, for those of you who are tuned in for the first time, I've got my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share your who's and your why's. Uh, and uh, that is the segment that I also call our glass of red wine. So we'll be having that, and I hope you can join us. Um, keep your tweets coming. We're on Fashion Lab AF. Share with us your thoughts around some of the fashion photographers that really leave you drooling when they are done with their lens at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. Now, I would love to go straight to introduce our special guest on the show today, uh, joining us to discuss uh, this very interesting conversation around fashion photography. We're joined in studio by an award-winning photographer from Cape Town, South Africa, who developed a keen interest in photography at a very early age. He's also winner of the Sun International Award hosted by Pix Magazine. That was 2009. Also was winner of the Cape Town Tourism um, Competition, which was also 2009, Best Photo of Cape Town. And he's acquired uh, a lot of clients, such as Zara Clothing, Virgin Active, 
device models and on and on. And it is definitely a pleasure to have him joining us today uh, around this conversation. Please allow me to introduce to you Sven Miller. Sven, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for having me. Hi, and how? Pleasure to, to th- be here with th- you guys. Th- thank you for joining us. <laughs> we are we are more than glad to uh, have you um, uh, bring in your 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 knowledge and your skills and your you know your insight around this topic because obviously this is your life. This is what you do. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to, to be here. And Sven, um, what are you wearing before yeah, we go said, into I'm deep? Into- Okay, I am wearing skinny jeans with some cuts at the knees, some uh, Adidas sneakers, a vest because it's boiling hot here today, <laughs> and, uh, um, and, a, and a nice peaked hat. Very nice, very nice. We'd love to share. We'd love you to share a picture yeah. now that we can't see you in person, but we'll just imagine. Imagination is 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 a nice is a nice part of our business. Um, so now I want to just jump straight into exactly. stuff, um, Sven, Sven. Let's just talk about where your passion for sure. the lens began uh, and how long you've been doing this, where you are right now, but where it all began. So pretty much um, it, it, it began when I was 16 years old. Um, and I, as I say to everyone, I never picked to do photography. Um, it picked me. It was never, it was never a choice of mine. Um, and what happened was... My my mom went overseas. She she used to go overseas to the east quite a lot. She brought back um, the first digital camera which I've ever seen, just a small one. And at the at the young age, I've, I had never seen something like that before. And the thing that fascinated me the most was you could take as many pictures as you wanted and delete them and carry on taking. Mm-hmm. And so and so I was blown away. And and from that day, I just took photos every single day. And it was just a hobby. So I would go to school and then after school I would be alone and I would go down the road and pretty much I got into landscapes. So I would, I would every, every day for sunsets, I would go out and take pictures. And then I started like a free, there was a free website called Flickr where I just put my images up. And then what happened was somehow Oprah Winfrey found me and she wanted to feature one of my pictures in, in her magazine, which we have, of course. Oh, wow. So this all so happened. So this all happened when I was 16 years old. I wanna ask how old you. I wanna ask how old you are so I can so, just calculate the years before we go on. But you don't have to answer that question. But it, it's it's interesting to know that you know sixteen could be. Yeah, so now it's been around ten years. Okay. So what happened was so so she put me in a magazine, which of course we have, and it was a double page picture. Hobby. I wasn't going to do another. So, yeah, Sven. Sven did. I, so then we're just yeah. going to, just because the line is a bit interrupted, because we're not uh, hearing you very clearly, we're just going to drop the line and uh, reconnect with you just now. Okay. All right. Thank you. Such a such a huge achievement in 10 years, Hayles. It's amazing. Wow. Yes. Well done. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 uh, it's incredible. Um, but I think um, Sven, uh, apologies for that, but we are happy to have you back on the line. Thank you. So, Sven, um, I want to just, um, obviously, like we say, fashion photography is such a big uh, and diverse um, uh, um, um, uh, profession. How did you then decide that fashion is going to be it? Because obviously, not everyone can be fashion photographers, and I've seen there's people who are good on landscape, there's yeah. people who are good on... What is your story when it comes to why fashion and why you feel your soul is actually on that fashion tip? 
Well, I mean, for starters, you must love fashion, of course. Um, if, you don't know, if you don't know about clothing, then you can't you can't treat fashion. So, so for a start, you you know you must love clothes, or you must. I mean, that must be a passion already. Otherwise, you can go into like a portrait photographer, where you, it's not about the clothes, you know. But as I said, it started with landscapes, um, and then after school, I studied um, 3D animation. But the thing is, if you wanted, like, when I decided that I wanted, I wanted to give it a bash, because up to then it was just a hobby. I didn't actually put my mind to it, you know. I was just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, looked in the magazines, and one of my big inspirations was Vogue. Like, I loved Vogue magazines. I loved, I loved the way that they made the woman always look, like, beautiful. It wasn't cheap. It, was, it always looked expensive. Mm-hmm. And it always, like, captured people. I mean, people always look up to a Vogue magazine. And I wanted to try that. I wanted to, I wanted to use people and clothes. And, of course, in the world today, I mean, everything's based on advertising. And I thought back then, I mean, I was 20 years old, people and big brands, you can't, I mean, in my eyes, I wasn't going to take landscape photography as a career. Like, it's just a hobby, you know? So I thought um, to work with all the big brands, you got to, you got to, I mean, it's, you got to use people and you got to use their items. So in a nutshell, it's, um, I hope big brands sell their items or clothing through images. So how imperative is your role as a photographer within uh, the fashion industry and not just in Africa? Because obviously, you know, we don't just do things in the street corner from where we live down the street. What role do you think you're playing in this industry and what would you actually encourage brands who are not really paying attention to photography? Uh, what would you encourage them to do? How, what would you, what would be your advice to them? You know, because obviously photography is a very um, imperative um, element of the value chain when you look at fashion. And I think that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there are some brands and some fashion industry people who still have, still don't really, maybe are not convinced or do not understand how important it is to actually invest in a good photographer. What are your, what's your two thoughts on that? So, I mean, as I said, I mean, Images, images get used to sell the product, you know. So, so if it's a bad image, I mean, people aren't going to buy that top or that item. Lots of times, a good image. And the thing is, in this country, we don't really have have a lot of expense. So, the fashion industry in Africa is different to overseas. Like that's the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so down here, you're working with low-end brands. So it could be um, Mr. Price, Ackermans. Brands like that, you know, you're not dealing with Gucci or Prada, and now you still have to make it. You still have to make amazing images, you know. So you have to go beyond the simple T-shirt that they give you, and really try and make something eye-catching, you know, because half the population is walking past the shop and they see this picture outside, which is either going to grab their attention or. Or not, you know? Yeah, but Savannah, um, I just want to add on there while you're, well, we're talking yeah. about the whole, um, you know, where we say, okay, fine, it's not Gucci, but I still think that for anybody to be able to excel in this global marketplace, you cannot position yourself, and this is now obviously to brands and to, to designers, in, 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 a, in, yeah. a, in a space where you decide that you're on the number, of, on the fourth end element or the fifth 
part of the of the of the of the steps because then what you're doing is you actually you actually do not even believe in your brand. I think that the idea is to be able to make sure that if Gucci is where as a brand you think as a fashion you know brand you would say uh is one of the sort of levels that you are on or look to you know to achieve then you have to we can't play those games of oh we are in africa or we are third world we are globalizations here and we are in business and business is business so if you're a brand and you sit and say well you know we're in africa don't you think that that's also just um sort of us really uh pulling down ourselves yeah so, back well, to exactly so i mean as as a photographer we get briefed by the client you know and i mean i feel that lots of the Lots of the clients, I mean, lots of the fashion editors or the people in charge, they're also a bit scared to take chances. <laughs> so that's the truth, you know. And so we get briefed quite, like, it's very, they're very specific, you know. There's no room for us to be creative, really. Um, so lots of the time it's taken off, it's, it's, it's references from, from the overseas brand, the same thing. So if it's if it's even a magazine, if it's Woman and Home, for example, which I've shot for many times, they'll bring references from Woman and Home London, and they almost want to play it safe in terms of they just want what they want. They don't really want you to go and create something brand new. So do do you ever experience? Yeah, sorry. Do you ever do you ever have that? You know, because obviously, um, photography is, is a creative, um, uh, profession as well. And therefore, you exercising your creativity, yeah. I'm sure, should also be, uh, one of the sort of elements that really enable you to excel and to become better and, and even more and more unique and more creative when you have that creative freedom. Yes. When you go into, into jobs where you have a brief, you don't have any creative sort of control where you can suggest or, or do or everyone's just? I mean, how can, do you work? Well, that's the thing. I mean, so, so when it's clients, I mean, and obviously you get to a level now where the client trusts you, you know. But again, it's briefed. You can maybe suggest a few things, but at the end of the day, they want you to take that shot. Once you show them something that they like, and if there's time, you can maybe take a few other shots in your own idea. But as I said, they, it's like they're almost a bit scared to try new things. <laughs> and saying that, sometimes the lady or the gentleman that you're working with, they have a boss who they who they just want to please. It seems like in this country, they don't want you to they don't want you to create new stuff because obviously mm-hmm. I was working to them. And at the end of the day, it's fine because on the days you don't shoot for client, that's when you make your own personal stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how you get booked as a photographer. Like you have your own work, which people love and then they book you because because they've seen something that they like you know mm. so daily i mean i'm creating my own things like a drawing i'm always making drawings um but when it comes to a client some of them are a bit more lenient but it's v- they're very specific <laughs> there's meetings before everyone everyone sits down they show you what they want mm. and yeah i mean it's our job then to execute what they want, you know. Now uh, I want, can't go arguing with them. Mm-mm. I want to uh, just also pick uh, Morag's mind and also Edgy because we're all fashion um, 
creatives and we all work with photographers and therefore it's also interesting to see yeah. what they do. So I want to start with Edgy. Edgy, when you work with, uh, when you're working on a production and obviously photographers working and the videos and everything's happening, when it comes to your clients, are you able to convince them or to actually tell them that this is how we're going to make this happen based on their brief uh, and let the photographer fly and be free? Or how do, how does it work for you, Edgy? And especially because I've seen you work a bit, but because of the fact that you're also in a different market, it would be nice to pick your mind and then we'll go to Morag as well, just to see how what sort of freedom and what sort of limitations you also um, sort of give the photographers that are working with you because then it feels like there's, there's a blockage somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I always believe that fashion is a fantasy, to be honest with you. Um, and photographers carry that fantasy better than anybody else. So when, when we're working on a shoot, I always let the, a lot of the designers themselves understand that. So they let the, they let the photographer, anyway, they choose the, the photographer for that reason because they feel like he reflects the, the best fantasy they want to create for their brands. Uh, his work reflects that. And when we're working with people who are a little bit, on um, like they, they don't know enough about photography and the connection with fashion. We try to let them know that for the for people to find the clothes enticing, you've got you've got to actually put an effort to entice them uh, to make them uh, make the clothes feel aspirational. And the photographers do that, so we let the designers understand that the photographer will help them create. The, the desire for the clothes. So the, the, they allow it. I think it's important for the photographer to have enough freedom to bring his knowledge to the shoot. If not, you're just paying him mm. and you're not getting anything. If not, we might as well just call our little cousin and tell her, here, this is what you're going to do. The girl will jump and then you'll shoot. And then she'll sit and then you'll shoot, right? I want to, yes. I want to go, thanks, thanks, Edgy. I want to go to Morag as well because she obviously also works. Morag, you work a lot also with photographers. Mm. Uh, what is your experience, especially when you're trying to achieve something that you want to achieve? Either it's your product or it's a product you're really affiliated with, you understand it well, and there's a photographer in place, but how does that work for you here? You know, um, my worst nightmare is when I don't get on with a photographer because you can see it immediately in the photos. So as the makeup artist and the hairstylist on most sets, um, I need to get on with a photographer um, and you need to gel. You need to have the same vision at the end of the day. I also get briefed on what I need to do and what, you know, what needs to be seen, um, especially with whether it be a makeup brand or, you know, whatever the pictures in a fashion photo shoot. Obviously, the makeup also needs to reflect, um, the you know, to go with the clothes, to go with the vision of the client. Um, and I must say most of the time, I always say the makeup artists and the photographers are the crazy ones. So most of the time we do get on and we actually do gel. Um, and it's either a, a make or break situation. Um, so once again, I do agree um, with what Sivan was saying is that you – you don't have freedom of creativity. And that's why, as a creative, we need to do our own thing on the side to get booked, especially in South Africa. And I can totally relate with what he's saying because I feel that the, the fashion industry, fashion photography industry is so, so limiting in this country. It's scary compared to your international campaigns. Wow. Thanks, Morag. So, Savan, do you find yourself on a 50, on like, say, a scale of 1 to 10, how much work do you do for yourself to satisfy your own soul? And then how much of it do you do for like, okay, we've got to pay bills? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I mean, daily I'm, I'm creating or maybe every two days I'm shooting. Um, 
So is it like a 50-50? Yeah, I mean... 50% time work? No, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, it's it's my passion, so I would do it for free, put it that way. I love doing it. I work mm. every day. I want to create. That's what I do. Um, whatever happened, happened, and I get booked from clients. I mean, obviously, whenever you get booked, it's, it's amazing, you know, because a client trusts you, and you do the work for them. But saying that, I mean, half of the year I'm in London, and half of the year I'm in L.A., so... Again, the work there is very different to here. Mm. You have more creative freedom. In this country, though, every every few days I am shooting my own personal work, which which is always going up on Instagram and places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in between, you're getting booked on jobs where, again, you're getting briefed and you pretty much get booked to do what they want, which is <laughs> fine because pays the bills and you got to do that. There's also in between, there's lots of model testing. So lots of work comes from model agencies mm. where you get new faces, which are new girls. They don't know what they're doing. They're not meant to know. Mm, mm, mm. And then it's up to me to create a book for them so that they can get work. So they, can, again, so they can look like brief. they know what they're doing, right? Even though they don't. <laughs> exactly. So again, the agency will put together something very specific per girl because mm. they know how they want to market that human being. I shoot very specific images for them her book gets made and then the agency can now send her to castings and whatnot so there is lots of work that's happening but again most of the work 90 percent of the work in africa is briefed and they always take this from overseas like it's always <laughs> from overseas stuff sven let me ask you a question Where, now how, how would yeah. you how would you describe your style aesthetic what, what is it that sets you apart as sven what is your style when it comes to photography? So my style, so I mean, it's, there's always a feeling attached to an image. Yes. Like there's, there's an emotion, there's a feeling. It's, it's definitely like whimsical and dreamy. But again, I mean, each shoot is pretty much themed. So, you know, like each one is different. But a style, I mean, when you see one of my images, they always have like, a strong emotion and also the look of the picture so the colors it's very me um because of course everyone that takes a photo of the camera it, it looks the same in terms of the colors um so it also depends on how you on how you edit your photo mm-hmm. which i do myself um some photographers have they 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 click and then they send it to someone to retouch they're lazy <laughs> I, I did the whole process so it's it's again it's like making a drawing mm. it's what colors you use it's it's how like there's a there's a million settings so you pretty much i visualize the picture before i take the picture the camera's down a lot of the time i'm thinking more and um yeah it's very very specific when it comes to my own work mm. and sven what would you like the viewer who's experiencing your photography to actually what type of feeling or what type of what do you want them to to leave with i mean i was looking at some of your work and i know how how what emotions it evoked out of me, but what do you want to achieve every time yeah. you, you shoot? Well, pretty much. I mean, again, obviously it's different per shoot, but when I'm working with someone creating fashion, creating a fashion image, I want it to be definitely striking. I want, it to, I want you to look twice, if not just stare at it. Um, mm. I want it to be always visually amazing, always. I don't want it to be like boring, you know? <laughs> so I'll always be thinking out the box, like how can I, how can I make this? Even if it's simple, how it look like incredible, you know, like as if it's bursting open with with excitement. 
It's very nice. Now, Sven, where do you see the future for photography when it comes to the African uh, fashion industry, which is photography, fashion photography in Africa? So, I mean, I mean, I can't speak for all the fashion editors because, I mean, they all have the, they're all the ones in charge, you could say. But pretty much, I mean, I hope that, or I mean, it is happening. Lots of the, lots of the brands from overseas are coming here slowly. So I'm sure, I'm sure in five to 10 years, lots of the big, brands will be here which will which will evoke more opportunities to be creative um and i think they also they're also starting to see like how you meant to shoot or or what you meant to do you know instead of instead of being so closed off mm. they're starting to open up a bit more you know um, it's even yeah it's the same with, with being a makeup artist. You know, I, if I look at a model, I know what's going to work on her face and what isn't, whether it goes with a brief or not. And it's also my responsibility through my work to sort of persuade a client that whatever they want might not necessarily be the best thing for their campaign. And that's why I say that, yes, the client is the client and they've got their brief, but at the end of the day, the photographer knows what they're doing. So mm. let them do their thing, you know? Mm. And I also feel it's a pity, Sven, that, um, one of the, you know, one of what, some of the things you're looking forward to is the fact that there's more of the international brands penetrating into the continent, which gives us more free. That, that's very unfortunate, that statement, because then it means that we're just operating like zombies. Seriously. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. We are such a creative exactly. industry, yeah. though, which is the irony of it is we're so creative, but then, so limited and now we have to yeah 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 go ahead edgy i I think it boils down to how how influential african designer is to be honest with you i think if the african designer is strong enough then they will take the time to find the, the the photographers that best capture their their aesthetic and once you've once you've got that photographer then they'll be free enough to let the photographer you know because that's why they got they say, well, I like this photographer. He captures my aesthetic, then let him do his work, you know? Mm. But once we, once that starts to happen, then you will see photography really helps fashion. It is the only tool that fashion has to be seen, quite honestly. So mm. without growing photography, it, it actually also stunts the growth of design in Africa. Mm. But yeah, I, I so, think, yeah, go ahead, Sven, go ahead. So, I mean, I shoot at the fashion weeks a lot, um, and obviously, you meet all the designers there if you don't know them already. I mean, and the thing is, is that if you meet a designer there, and obviously I know them now, um, they are happily, they will happily give me their clothes. For example, I can go get any, any designer's clothes. They'll give it to me because the only thing it, I'm speaking about is you get briefed when it's, when it's a magazine or when it's a campaign for a big company. And that's where, that's where it counts, you know? So there's lots of creative freedom if I go to a designer like to the person, you'll give me his stuff yeah. and say, cool, do whatever you want and I'll give him the pictures and if he likes a few, whatever, he'll use them. Mm. But you should, but you should, you want that creative ability when you shoot a magazine or when you shoot for a big brand and that's where they limit you. Mm. Wow. You know, guys, this yeah. is, um, yeah, it's a very good conversation uh, and uh, Savan, uh, we just want to thank like you. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Pleasure. We want to thank you yeah, no, for your I contribution. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like if you're an editor for a magazine, you go source and you'll go to that designer also and get the clothes. But then again, it's briefed. 
Yeah. Mm. So when you so when you get to the job, they'll say, okay, we want it like this. Whereas if I go to the designer, he won't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. He'll give me creative freedom. But then again, what's it for? It's just for you then, or it's just for, you know, you're not mm-hmm. getting paid. Mm-hmm. And then it's fine. So there is creative freedom, but then it falls into your personal work and it's you, it's your job then to contact him. And, mm-hmm. and everyone's very helpful in the scene. Everyone's very cool, calm and collected and stuff. But it, you want it to count when it's in the magazine or... And you know. I can but, tell you why it's because you're doing it for free. No, and, but I, but I was gonna, yeah, but I was gonna say, Morax Van mm. Edgy, do you also not find that when you find because like for me, I'm a very loyal. Um, if mm. I like something, if I gave you my clothes and you came back and surprised me, I'm actually like, okay, fine, let's start working. Let's make sure we have at least two shoots a month. What's the deal? Let's negotiate and let's work. Because the truth is, that's also an opportunity for designers and brands yes. to also find who's really, uh, who's really got their story correct. Because how will I know Sven can pull off what I'm looking for if, if we don't try? So I think that the free word, and I don't want to call it free, but yes, we have a lot of, uh, free, we've got a lot of free, uh, receivers <laughs> who are happy to keep receiving and they don't mind if you just send them the freebies every month. I think, um, which that is a very innovative way for photographers who are struggling when it comes to not getting enough yes. time to express themselves, uh, in their own, in their own way, you know, without any influences. Uh, I think that's a shot to take. That's a, that, that's something worth trying because not every, there's so many people who call themselves photographers. And I think mm-hmm. that the industry is so big and so full that you gotta show and prove sometimes. And that's a show and prove mm-hmm. moment. And if it works, then why not hire the photographer who actually has your story right? You know? So, exactly. yeah, but I, I just want to thank you, uh, Sven. Um, it's great talking to you. We admire what you're doing. Uh, congratulations on all mm. you've been able to achieve so far and good luck with uh, your career. Um, I'm going to now just... Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Now I'm going to roll over to Morag Stein, who is going to just glam up... Uh, glam up this session a bit. I think we are, we've, we've had enough photo talk, but just glam up the z- session, um, with her glam up, uh, just for a quick, uh, dose of makeup, uh, stories and things. So welcome to the show again, Morag, with your glam up. Thank you so much, Liz. And I'm actually so glad that you said that we might have just had enough photography talk. <laughs> um, I must just be honest. I prepared my segment last night and I did do a fashion photography segment and how makeup relates to it. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something else. And I just thought for once in my life today, I'm going to follow my intuition and I'm going to do it. So the segment is very different. Um, and I just, I really hope that it inspires people. So just into lipstick color of the week quickly. I was lucky enough um, to receive a gift from one of my clients and it's a lipstick that's not actually readily available in South Africa. And it's from the makeup legend herself, Charlotte Tilbury. It's from the matte revolution, revolution range. And the shade is love Liberty. Um, the lipstick, it's really got such a beautiful rich color and it's moisture on your lips, even though it's a very matte color. I am wearing it today. Um, it's genuinely the perfect lipstick. Um, so when you want a night out on the town, you know, you can pop it in your pocket and off you go. The packaging I'm of course obsessed with. It's a complete chrome rose gold lined bullet and I could actually wear it as a pendant around my neck. That's how beautiful it is. Um, and the best of all, it contains orchid extracts um, and the square, you know, the actual application tip of the lipstick is square. So it mimics the shape of a lipstick brush and that ensures for, um, you know, precision while you're applying the, the lipstick. Um, 
And then it retails for about $32. Um, and it has in fact been rated one of the top beauty products by totalbeauty.com for 2016. So really lucky to have this product. Um, you know, as a makeup artist, we often forget that we're not robots and in fact humans and we forget to even drink water on set. Even though our lifestyles look very glamorous, trust me, it's quite the complete opposite. As for those makeup artists who think they're going to wake up tomorrow morning, you know, and I don't know, do Beyonce's makeup without the hustle, let's think again. You need to work to get there. And with doing this, we also need to take care of our health in this industry. So does the normal person, the corporate, the fashion designer. You know, we just sometimes burn ourselves out so much. Deadlines were meant to be met 10 weeks ago and we're still hustling and, you know, the holidays are coming up. So let's forget about the almost 16 days until Christmas and really focus on the 12 biochemical tissue salts. Um, these are basically mineral remedies for everyday elements and the correct balance of natural mineral salts found in the body are essential for our health. They help maintain and or restore balance, um, to say. An imbalance or lack of salts can cause a range of illnesses while, pa- while replacing them in small, easily absorbed doses, restores balance and the body to heal itself. Biochemics were actually developed in the 1970s by a German homeopathic physician. He named the 12 tissue salts as being vital for health and described exactly what each one of them did in the body. He also listed the elements and claimed he could cure disease through using tissue salts, um, you know, with medicines in the tablet form. The tissue salts are also listed in the homeopathic range of medicines and are prepared the same way, but the two therapies are quite different. While biochemics makes the good mineral deficiency believed to be causing the disease, the homeopathic philosophy with the cures like prescribed remedies to induce symptoms of the disease in a healthy person, and it is concerned with the patient's mental and emotional levels. So I must say, this is something, Liz, I know I've given you some tissue salts before. I absolutely swear by them. Um, you know, biochemics help alleviate many aches and pains, and the tissue salts should be used to treat, you know, really a simple symptom. I'm not saying they're going to cure cancer or anything. Um, but, you know, something quick like indigestion, um, a flu, tension, muscular pain, um, even acne it can help with. Um, the great thing about these salts is that you cannot actually overdose on them. Um, you can use them alongside with Western medicine um, that are prescribed by your physician. Um, naturopaths, herbalists, and homeopaths often prescribe these tissue salts. Um, you know, and it's really for the self-help principle, which I fully agree on. You know, if I've got a cold, I'm like, I'm not going to go to the doctor for this. Firstly, I don't have time to go to the doctor. Secondly, I'm just going to pop a whole lot of tissue salts and anything that says flu and cold cure on it. You know what I mean? Um, they're available everywhere. Um, you know, worldwide, they're available online, health stores, chemists, etc. In South Africa, they're available, um, even at your local pick and pay store. So they're really, you know, readily available. Um, they're prepared in highly diluted doses. And they do contain nine parts of lactose, and the process is repeated, um, as in homeopathy. Um, there are lactose-free salts available for those who are lactose intolerant like me. <laughs> Each salt is known by a number and the abbreviated name, and the combination remedies are known by a letter. They're easy to consume. You literally just pop them under your tongue. And let me tell you, you can pop these like Smarties. As I said, you can't overdose on them. Um, if the symptoms are sudden and short-lived, you can take them up to every hour. If it's sort of longer-term symptoms, like, say, a constant back pain, you can take them up to every two hours. 
um, just remember the tissue salt won't mask a symptom. Um, it really just helps sort of alleviate it, you know, and also restore any imbalances that there are in the body. Um, there are no side effects to taking the tissue salts. And then just, you know, for a quick read, obviously I will post all of this on my social media platforms, Facebook specifically. If you'd like a home Bible of the tissue salts, you can get yourself a book called Tissue Salts for a Healthy Living by Margaret Roberts. Um, and as I said, I will obviously post all what I've spoken about of the 12 tissue salts. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moragstein. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Morag. <laughs> thank um, you, Morag. <laughs> now, um, do we still have Sven uh, here with us? Okay. Well, Sven, was, uh, it was great for him to join us. Um, does anyone have his website so we can also just share it with our listeners? But anyway, we're going to just share it just now. Uh, but it was really nice to uh, pick his mind and also just kind of see what he's doing uh, with his uh, profession, how it's working for him here. Um, in South Africa. And, you know, one of the things I always say to people and, and, you know, our listeners should also know is Africa is a continent, but it is so diverse and there's just so much going on in every country. You can't keep up and you cannot say because this happens in South Africa, this is what's going on in uh, Addis or this is what's going on in Accra or this is what's going on in Lagos. So what's also really cool is uh, the reason we care about uh, these conversations is to be able to uh, open up this uh, sort of forum so that we can also have conversations off air uh, with different people and different stakeholders within the continent in this industry uh, to also just kind of share with us where they are, what they're seeing and, and, and what they're doing that maybe something that's a formula that's working for them that's not really working for us or we could maybe uh, adapt and, 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 you know, and, and, and get into something else or get into a different way of doing things to get different results. So I really appreciate these conversations. Um, and then um, just Sivan's um, handle on Instagram is Sivan, that's S-I-V-A-N underscore Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. And his website is www.sivanmiller.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much. It was great that he also joined us. Edgy, we love to hear from you. Um, we hope that you're not feeling uh, too cold. Try to wear something else other than jeans. You know, jeans <laughs> is not good for cold because you will get cold in jeans. People don't realize that. The fabric is not, it's not, get something, start wearing something else. Jeez. Can you just promise us that okay. next, next week you won't wear jeans? Okay, next week I won't wear jeans. Thank you. Finish. That's, that's a promise. Then I finish. I don't finish now. I'm done. I'm good now. I could go under the table. Thank you, Edgy, for your contributions. We really appreciate them as well. Morag, the salts. I don't know if everyone should do that at home. Um, but I think if you have a cold or flu, please go and check out what's happening. Go to mm, your doctor. Mm. Morag doesn't have time, but we are advising you. <laughs> I literally, like, I have every single number of tissue salts in my handbag. So I'm like, if I just feel a bit off, I just take, you know, one of each. And I just to restore everything that might be wrong. <laughs> Guys, it's been so good. Uh, we are open. We'd love to hear uh, from you. Share with us your thoughts around where you see the future for fashion photography in, Af in Africa or some of your favorite fashion photographers who you think are really doing great things, really moving and shaking in this game. Um, we're on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on all other social media platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and now it's time for our Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to start with the lovely Morag. Morag, who would you want to dress and why? I would love to dress Edgy this week. 
and get him out of those jean pants. <laughs> so <laughs> I would actually, Edgy, I would love to see you because you have a slight resemblance of Idris Elba, as Nicola always says. I would love to see you. Um, it's actually a Bollywood designer that I met this weekend, um, and he makes the most beautiful bespoke suits. So I would love to see you in one of his suits and his, um, his creative house is called, um, Parwin and Pravan. So I would love to see you in one of his. Oh, I think I'm I'll send you the link so you can go and check them out and make your pick. Well, Maura, please dress me. I tell you, please, I beg. She'll dress you next week, please. Just so we can get you out of jeans. Edgy, we're coming straight to you. Who would you want to dress and why besides me and Morag? Don't play games. Today we are very serious. Oh, <laughs> like Quest. Damn it. I was, was going to go for Morag before she picked no, me. No, 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 no. Let's stay focused. Who would you want to dress and why besides Morag and myself? Oh my God! I would want to dress my 16-year-old nephew. Uh, take him out of his um, out of the out of his drop low pants into something more respectable, like uh, uh, a higher waisted skinny jeans and and and. Uh, you want to um, dress your nephew in high waisted uh, skinnies? Edgy, we're going to have a heart attack. I think well, we're, we're going to need vodka. No, because she, she, he, they're always dropped so low, and I want you to have something <laughs> a little bit higher wasted, you know, so they don't drop. Yeah. Is it a he or a no. she? You say nephew, right? Like, let's just get this right. Nephew or niece? Yeah, the nephew. Okay, your nephew now for him is, is a trouble. It's a trouble with oh, Okay, fine. I don't know who he is, but I'm sorry for him. <laughs> but today I want to dress Pearl Tusi, um, who's uh, one of the. I think she's such a she's such a queen. That's like a queen. Sister she right is there. the nicest, nicest person. She's such ever. a beautiful woman physically, mm. and I think also, um, you know, uh, as a person from the inside out, I feel like she's such a beautiful woman, mm. and I think she really represents Africa beautifully. Um, she's got so much grace but she's so wild and crazy but she's still she's just that woman you know so i think i want to dress pearl to see today and uh put her in one of my beautiful um december uh dresses Ooh. i tell you and you know we're gonna yes. be we'll slay i'll wear red she'll wear the blue and we'll just paint the streets green right and i'll wear the white pom-poms hey. <laughs> but you know what guys it's been uh great having you guys uh we are obviously winding down the year uh like you had morag really spoke about the salt so try to find mm. those I, th I think also because it's a very there's a bit of stress in the air i don't like to use that word but there's a bit of uh it's, it's a bit hectic it's not mm. it's not july it is not July for sure. And uh, I think what you need to do is just stay focused. And some of the things I do these days, I do the breathing in and out mm -hmm. from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10. And then I realize I can actually cope because I also get those. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's also this time of the year. I've noticed that, like, while I'm driving my car, Liz, I don't even put the radio on. Yeah. I just but, but that's need how... silence. <laughs> that's Okay, someone else is looking at us here. She's like, what? I'm like, me too here. Me too. Just, I, just I, for two minutes. You just need silence. For me, it's not even two minutes. It's like mm. my head is buzzing. So yeah. I can't. And I need a driver. It, uh, also, if there's anyone 100%, in Africa. Yeah, 100%. Africa, if you're listening, if you have any drivers who are looking for I always one, say if I win the... This is a perfect time. You know, I always say if I win, if I win the lottery. So I won't, the first thing I will do is not get a nice car or a house. They can drive me in my car. I just want a driver. That's all I want. Anyway, you know, <laughs> yes, today, you know, Liz, I was going to ask you a question today, but then we ran out of time because we're talking about fashion photography. And I wanted to ask you what your 
who your 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 dream fashion photographer is. I mean, you're a fantastic designer. You, so you know, this was such a question I wanted to ask you. You know what? Our time is kind of run up, but I can tell you for sure. I've got my favorite. Photographer, um, New York based, uh, Barbados born, uh, photographer. His name is Don Thompson. He's drugink.com. And Don, I have known for like almost 15 years. And when I used to live in LA, he would shoot me. Then he moved to New York. It would be him again. And then now it's just like on and off. And every time I have an opportunity to go to New York, I'm like, Don, I will hound him down because he's got an eye for something but like i said photographers are so different because mm-hmm. they bring out something different each mm-hmm. of them bring out something different out of you so don thompson for sure there's a new one i just met right now who's going to be will be working with for a few shoots as well his name is dk uh, he also shoots for harper's bazaar vogue he's traveling around the world right now but he's going to be in Joburg, uh i think for a week or two so there are a lot of photographers i can't even say it wouldn't be fair Mm. For me to sit and mention my favorite photographers, because like I said, my list is so long and I'll tell you what each and every one of them evoke out of mm. my, out of my fashion stories or out of me if I'm just doing mm. a, a, a single shoot. But guys, I think we are going to take this conversation off air officially. <laughs> Let us just, um, mm-hmm. uh, move on. And, uh, guys, thank you for, for your contributions. Uh, we love to, uh, have these conversations here because they really, add value to what's happening at the current state of affairs in the industry. And for our listeners who are tuned in, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. And uh, obviously we've got the podcast out for download. If you want to share it, you can share it with friends and whatever. If you want to share your thoughts, if you want to contribute, whatever it is that you want to do, this is the African fashion industry. We're trying to propel and move forward. Otherwise, take it easy. Uh, be blessed until next week. Peace and love. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.